is up, South Point. I am so glad you guys are here. Listen, if it's your first time here today, or maybe you've been coming for a while, but you still don't know who I am, that's cool. Um, my wife Patty and I get to pastor this amazing church, and so thank you for letting us do that. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here, even in the summer. I really, really appreciate it. And there's a lot of people who decided not to come today. However, they are watching online. So will you do me a favor? Even though they're not here, will you put your hands together and help me welcome everybody watching online? Facebook, YouTube, Church Online platform. Hey, man, we love you guys. So glad you're here with us. And you are tuning in, and you are here for a very, very special day. This is like a family day um, because these guys that are on stage, the ones that led music, um, all of our teenagers, all of our kids, if you've noticed, they're not even, it's not just them on stage. They have been serving in all the different areas. They've been greeting at the door. They've been handing out the worship guides. They're working in Kids Point. Even that whole video crew, that was all kids, and they did that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And we want to love our kids and support our kids. And listen, we need to make space for kids and teenagers and young adults to operate in, the, in their gifts and in the flow of ministry in this house. Because if we don't make space for them, can I tell you something? Somebody else will make space for them. And you might not know this, but one of these days, I'll be dead. You too. The mortality rate is still 100%. You know what I'm saying? And these guys are the ones that are going to be leading. They're not the next generation. I don't like that statement. They're the now generation. I'm the old generation. And so we have to make this switch. Um, Genesis 14, 14, it's not on the screen, but it's this really cool story um, where uh, Abraham, there was this battle, this war, blah, 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 and Abraham had to raise up some people to go fight. And the Bible is very specific. I love this. In Genesis 14, 14, it says, And Abraham looked into his house and found 318 trained men and took them and fought. And understand something. Three, it wasn't around 300. He was aware of the young people that were in his house that were already trained up. And this is hugely important for us. We have to know who we're training up. And we have to take time to train them. And so today is one of those fantastic days where we all get to be a part. We call this all the time our family of choice, right? This is our family of choice. So these might not be your young people on stage. It might not be your young people at the door or serving somewhere. But today, can you give them a high five when you see them? Give them a big hug. Say, you freaking rock. That's what they need to hear. They need to hear a 75-year-old man or woman go up to them and say, you freaking rock. Because everybody wants to hear grandma say freaking, right? Um, So these guys are going to come give an amazing word. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to lean in, take notes. The stuff they're saying is not just off the cuff. They have worked on this. They have prepared. And can I tell you something from somebody who does this for, kind of for a living? This is not easy. This is not easy at all. So they need your support. They need your love. Laugh at their jokes even if they're not funny. Give them an amen, even if it's not good, but I'm going to tell you something, it is good. I've already heard it once. It's amazing and fabulous, and so today is a two-way street for you. I want you to encourage them and lift them up and really lean in, but then at the same time, I want you to recognize that they're throwing out really good words, 
and I need you to receive it and put it in your heart because it is good stuff, okay? Each one has five minutes. Yes, they have a timer and a clock. They don't go over. They've already worked on this, and so it's amazing. We have Noah, we have Bree, we have Georgiana, we have Allie Rose, and we have Madison, and we have the infamous, the one, the only, the amazing, the Carson Kruger. That's his fan club. Anyway... All right, so put your hands together. Help me welcome to the stage the very first young gun of the day, Noah Wendell. What's up, guys? I'm back. Back at it. Uh, so raise your hands. How many people have been skydiving here? Yeah, basically nobody. Yeah, so me and my dad, we actually went skydiving a couple weeks ago because we're just cut like that. Um, it, we went to a tandem jump, which is it's pretty cool. It's up in West Tennessee. Um, you have an instructor strapped to your back because I don't trust myself to pull that parachute after just a little 10-minute training session. Um, so it was actually a great experience. If you haven't been skydiving, which obviously nobody raised their hands, you, could, you should go skydiving. It's, it's a great experience. You get there. You're paired up with your partner, your instructor, me being 6'4 unit, obviously, <laughs> I got paired up with a guy named Captain America. He was also a 6'4, little bit bigger unit, but <laughs> just a little bit. But it was honestly a great experience. Like I said, you, you go up, you, I had to sit in a grown man's lap, though. That was, saying, <laughs> saying it down here, it sounds a little bit awkward, but when I was up there, I'm not going to lie, I was probably clinging on to him more than he was clinging on to me. <laughs> I, I was like, latch me on, buddy. Get me, get me on you. Um, <laughs> I definitely wanted him more than he wanted me. Uh, <laughs> in a non-weird way. I, <laughs> but it was honestly great. Like I said, great skydiving experience. You go up, you fly down, like a normal skydive would be. I'm still here, obviously. I made it. But um, how many of you know that five instructors strapped to the back of me. No matter how trained they were, how many of you know that that probably wouldn't have helped me? It probably would have hurt me. Probably would have killed me. Five instructors. You, need, you don't need more instructors to get safer to the ground. You need one instructor that knows what he's doing and that you have a relationship with this instructor that you know that he will get you down safely, right? And that's actually going to bring us to our first point, which is quality over quantity. Now, when you're deciding your friends in your friend group, you want to keep this in mind, quality over quantity. When it comes to choosing your friends, you don't need more people in your life because loneliness has less to do with the number of friends you do have and more to do with how you feel about your friends. And if your friends in your close-knit friend group aren't people that you can go to on a daily basis, then do you really need them in your close friend group? Do you really need to talk to them on a daily basis? Also, vice versa. You have to be able to be there for them when they need you and be there for them for their ups and downs. So what I'm saying is it's better to grow and make stronger connections with the people that you do have in your life rather than going out and making new connections and new friends. Now, when I say a stronger connection, I mean like growing in the way that you can talk to each other, growing in the way you have conversations with one another. This phrase, one another, is actually used 
a hundred times over the whole Bible, and it, it's derived from a Greek word, alion, which means expressing an action in two directions. Now, some of these examples of the one another is Romans fourteen nineteen says, build up one another. Romans twelve ten honor one another. Ephesians five twenty one submit to one another. Galatians five thirteen serve one another. Y'all still y'all still keeping up? It's up there. <laughs> First Corinthians twelve twenty five care for one another. All these verses are basically saying one thing, and that is, love one another. Now, when I talk about the idea of love, it's not just liking someone for who they are or liking being around them. It's a genuine trust that you know that your companion will be there for you no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said. And this love can get hard to give out to a lot of people, this trust. It can get hard to give out to a lot of people because you're giving yourselves more opportunities to get let down. Because whether you like it or not, friends will let you down. And the more friends you do have, the more opportunities you're giving yourself. Now, I'm not saying just keep all your secrets to yourself and don't tell anybody anything, but you need friends, but you just have to keep them to a minimum. Proverbs 18.24 says, Friends come and go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. And that leads us to our next point. Real friends are like family. Real friends are like family. Real friends are different than fake friends. Fake friends can hurt. They really can. They say nice things to your face, and they humble you, but then they turn around and bash you and say the exact opposite. It's hurtful. But real situations can expose fake people. And when it gets real, you're going to see who is real. It might be the ones who are closest to you who are silently competing with you. Mmm, yeah. <laughs> A true friend, though, is not someone who's repeatedly telling you the negative things that other people are saying behind your back. Because you don't need to hear them, do you? You're ugly. You're not worthy. Why do you need to hear those things? You don't. Because they're not true. They're not telling you those things. They're also not standing there silently and letting people bash you, no matter the consequences they could face socially if they stood up to that person. That's what real love is. Proverbs 27:17 says, "It takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade, and so one person sharpens another's character." I advise you this week, this month, this year, lean on the people who sharpen your blade, sharpen your edge, and not grind you down. I'm Noah Wendell, and I'm a young guy. So I'm going to go ahead and start this out with, I got a secret. Ooh, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I got five minutes and I have the mic. Sorry. <laughs> but my secret is that my name really isn't Bree. <gasps> I know. Shocker. No, no, no. So my real name is actually Alexis. Now I know it's not as cool as Bree. It doesn't have the same ring to it. But yeah, my name is Alexis, and I've kind of been ignoring it for a while and keep going as Bree, just mostly out of spite. Um, see, me and my mom don't really have the best relationships, uh, just being like countlessly lied to and like uh, just stealing and everything like that. We just don't have the best relationships. So I've always kind of 
push away from Alexis and wanted Brie. But lately, it's been kind of um, being brought up, Alexis. I'm like, okay, um, clearly I'm missing something. Like, what's so important about Alexis? And in Proverbs 22.1, it says, A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. Like, okay, well, my first thoughts, of course, is, well, Bree's a good name. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it, Alexis. Well, what does Alexis even mean? Alexis actually means defender, protector. I'm like, okay, that sounds relatable. I mean, I would consider myself a defender of my friends, and kind of protector kind of goes along with that. Wait. Is this like a, some symbolism that I need to forgive my mom for giving me a name like Alexis, like forgive her? Okay. I can forgive her. I can forgive my mom. Not an easy task. But I can do it. I can forgive my mom. And I thought that was it. I was going to keep going by Brie. And then it kept getting brought up more and more. Alexis. Alexis. Clearly... I'm missing something. And I said, okay, God, I'm listening. And you know what I hear? Are you? Of course, you got to put a little sass in it. Are you? Of course, me. Well, I am now. <laughs> He's like, okay, Alexis, a name given to you at birth, a name spoken over you, a name meaning protector and defender. Use it. It's kind of big. That's a big mic drop right there. I'm not going to drop it, but if I could. <laughs> and kind of with that, that kind of brought me to like me learning three different things. And the first one being know your worth. Know your worth. So in Luke 12, 7, it says, Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for God works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Know your worth. Like, you were put on here for a purpose. Your name has a meaning. You are a child of God. Know your worth. <laughs> Second thing. Embrace the discomfort in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. In Psalms 56, 3, it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Embrace the discomfort. Yes, it's hard to go against the grain, but you know what? It makes you a better person that you do. Don't be comfortable. It's okay. Know your worth. Know your name. Embrace the discomfort. He put you there for a purpose. Do it. Third time. Three. Third point. Take time to listen. In Luke eleven twenty eight, it says, yes, said Jesus, but God will bless all who listen to the word of God and carefully obey everything they hear. In Romans ten seventeen, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. In Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Listen. Listen. 
Take a moment. Take a breath. One minute. Instead of saying your prayer and saying amen and then walking and get going, stop. One minute. If that's too much, you don't have enough time, 30 seconds. Start somewhere and take that moment to listen because his words are so much better than anything that I can say or that you can say. Listen. Now, I know a lot of you out here are kind of feeling that you may not be worthy or that you may not be heard or something like that. But you're all here for a purpose. We're all the children of God. And he talks to all of us. All it has to be is you putting out an ear to listen to him. You're all worthy. We're all loved. Everything you do matters. A smile, a wave, it'll go a long way. Don't miss that. We are a children of God put here for a purpose. My name is Alexis Gallon, and I'm a young gun. I'm going to start off with a very important question for all of you. Do you always want to give up and lose hope for a goal? Raise your hand. You always want to give up? Yes? No? Not a lot of you raised your hands. No one really wants that, do you? I would like to speak to you all about never giving up. And it's something that I'm struggling with myself, so don't think I'm trying to call anyone out. You should never give up on the decisions and choices for your life and future. And this is why. There are certain times when you may feel uneasy about a specific thing that you want to do. Whether it's a sport, career, lifestyle, or a generic thought that you may have. The only thing that I can tell you is to never give up. If you really love those things of your choice, you will work hard to chase those dreams. Now, for me, my entire middle school portion of my life, I fell in love with the sport, volleyball. The sport was beyond my dream and I really wanted to reach that goal. Spending hours and hours of practice and determination, I finally met my goal. And you see, adding hard work and, determina uh, and determination adds a positive impact onto your life and future. In the book of Philippians, Paul contexts the secret to being content in any situation, good or bad, and goes on to state what it is. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. I'm going to repeat that for you. I can do all this for him who gives me strength. You know, that's something that has to be met. And it wasn't easy for me to accept the work that led to the goal, but over time, it always gets better. After a year off of volleyball, I became uncertain of the chances of returning to the sport. I didn't work as hard to reach that goal, and as a consequence, I did not make the team. With help with my family and friends, I reached a better goal, and I realized that even if you give up and can, uh, even if you give up and you continue to work hard for it, chase your dreams. In the story of Ruth, Ruth and Naomi became good friends through uncertain circumstances. They were very good friends and lasted through the difficult times. With all of this being said, all of my family and friends helped me understand there is more to life if you fill in a goal, but you never give up. And to this day, I stick to the motto. Never stop trying, never stop believing, never giving up, your day will come. Never giving up on the decisions of your life and future brings you to the bigger goals you would like to achieve. Everyone wants those bigger goals. I mean, am I right? Yeah. Everyone wants to succeed. Am I right? Yeah. All right. So with the little things that interfere with your goals, 
always know to move past it. Just know that God is always looking after you. Not, your fam not just your family, not just your friends, not the people that stab you in the back, just God. Pray for those struggles to overcome. The little ones, the big ones, the ones that interfere with your life the most. And find the light to move forward. When I thought that giving up was the best option for me, my life was flipped upside down. And you know, when you tend to give up, you tend to fend, uh, feel down on yourself and feel like there's no point in trying if you feel like you cannot do one thing right. Over time, I learned how to overcome those thoughts. And giving up on something you worked so hard for, but you just didn't make the cut for it, it's just an outlook of yourself of who you are, and that's not who you want to be. You should always know to never give up, and no matter what occurs to interfere with the passion, move past it. Don't let a dirty old thought get in the way of a shiny dream. Let me repeat that for the ones in the back. <laughs> Don't let a dirty old thought get in the way of a shiny dream. Another thing that interferes with giving up is the opinions of others. Others tend to use words and opinions to let one another down. God always sees the good in you. Maybe some of the negative energy that's floating around in your life is just to show you that some of the people or things is not good in your life. Just know that you are your own person. No matter what the things may be, you are your own po a person. Once again, you do know what's best for you. The desires are the pieces to the bigger puzzle. And with giving up, those pieces won't fit into that puzzle when the puzzle should be complete. Allow God to lead you to the bigger and better things in life. There are three points I learned to overcome of not giving up. The first one is never giving up from the struggles to find the passion. You will never want to lose the passion of your dreams, even when you may feel guilty of something. The second one is to always turn to God for the uncertainty of the bigger puzzle. Your family and friends have a major role into that as well. And number three, God's opinion speaks louder than others. So never listen to anyone or put their opinion above God's. And no matter what the goal you may have, continue to push forward. Always have hope, never give up. And don't be like Georgiana. Don't mess up your chances in life. I'm Georgiana Benedict, and I'm a young gun. Oh my gosh, hey guys. I know, I know, I look a little different than I did last year when I was up here doing this. Well, a lot can change in a year, let me tell you. So, raise your hand if you've been through something this year. Good, bad, ugly, anywhere in between. Okay, okay. See a lot of hands. If you didn't raise your hand, it's okay. God loves liars too. Uh, anyways, one thing that we can all agree that hasn't changed regardless whether our past year has been wonderful and nothing but these tall mountains and beautiful sunshiny days or it's been nothing but the hardest year of your life is God's presence. He's been here through the good days, through the bad days, through the in-between, whether we feel him holding our hand or we feel like he is miles and miles away. He has never left us. One thing I experienced this year happened on my 16th birthday. And no, before you ask, I didn't get my first car. I know, that sucks, right? I have one now. Crazy. I know. So it's a normal day. Get up, get ready for school. I'm waiting on my boyfriend. He gets there, we're about to leave, and my mom gives me a phone call. She tells me she's not going to be at work the rest of the day. I'm like, oh, okay, you're not going to tell me why. So, of course, 
me being me, I think the rest of the day, why would she leave work at 8 o'clock in the morning? So the rest of my day goes on, finish school, go to practice. I eventually get home, and my mom looks like she had been crying. And so I just outright tell her, I'm like, Mom, I know something's wrong, and you're not telling me. And she begged me. She was like, Allie, let me tell you later. I don't want, I don't want to ruin your birthday. And I was like, Mom, I'm not going to quit bugging you. Have you met me? Come on now. Um, so she looks at me, tears all in her eyes, and she says, Lamar's gone. And I was speechless because my 29-year-old uncle with the biggest personality out of everybody in my family was gone. What was I supposed to do with that? The simple fact that he was no longer with us and that God had called him home. Now, I don't tell you this story to make you sad. Don't, don't get quiet on me now. I, I want to use this as an example about how God can give us strength through these tough times. Because if he wasn't here for me and didn't give me the strength, I wouldn't be able to stand up here and tell you that story without having a complete breakdown. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and, bur and my burden is light. So I want to encourage you all with this first point, and that is to lean on him in times of trouble. I know when we go through stuff, the last thing we, like the last thing we want to do is, is really go to God. Because we're like, if he loved me so much, why would he let me, why would he let me go through this? But he's not going to give you the rest until you ask for it. My second point is to let him teach you. First Chronicles 16:11 says, "Seek the Lord and His strength; seek His presence continually." I had and still have to let God teach me things about why He let me go through the things that I've gone through, and it is not easy. But even if I don't get the answer when I want it, I know every day I wake up is a new opportunity for Him to teach me something I didn't know the day before. Because even since then, I've had trials to bear. That boyfriend I mentioned broke up with me. And one random day while I'm at home, my dog had got out the fence and got hit by a car. Now, I could be this miserable person who's like, God, why is it always me that's going through stuff? Why, are my, why do I have to go to school every day and see my friends happy and in relationships, and I'm here by myself feeling so lonely? Why is it always me? I will admit, I've asked God why plenty of times, why I can't catch a break. But I had to let him do this, and that is to change your perspective. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be condemned to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We've all heard plenty of worship songs, but there's one in particular called Sea of Victory. And it says, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. No matter how much this life throws at you, no how many, however many bad times you go through, God will always take those situations and turn it into your favor. Open up your heart to God in any and all situations and let him change your perspective. Because if you do, there's a whole world out there that is waiting for you. I know from experience, because here I am eight months later, strong enough to tell my story about what I've gone through. And you can do the same thing. But as I said last year, the choice is yours. I'm Allie Rose, and I'm a young gun.
All right. Has anyone in here ever done something stupid knowing it was a stupid idea? Okay, a lot of hands. All right, welcome to South Point. Uh, for me, it was two years ago, and I was at a pool party for our youth group here at Glow Up. And at this pool party, there was a good amount of people. I had some friends there, and my girlfriend, Miss Maddie Cummings. And Maddie made it very clear to me before this party started that she did not want anything to do with that water. And if I were to try anything funny, get any ideas, and I would feel her wrath. And for those of y'all that know Maddie, y'all know how intimidating those words can be coming out of her mouth. However, me, being the great boyfriend that I pride myself to be, I saw this as nothing more than a challenge. And so, yeah, I threw her in that pool. And am I proud of it? Yeah, I'm pretty proud of it. Would I do it again? No. No, I wouldn't do it again. I definitely learned from my mistakes. However, through that process, I did have some support. And it actually came from none other than my youth pastor, Mr. Carson Kruger. Yeah. Give him a hand. There you go. Needless to say, I listened to the wrong voice that day. And it, it, it bit me in the butt. I mean, I really learned from it. And all jokes aside, I want to tell you guys that to ask you this question. How often do you find yourselves ignoring the voice that you need to listen to? So being a Christian in today's society is hard. Let's face it. I mean, we're constantly pressured to do things that go against our faith. Things that we see on social media, things we see on TV, or even things we hear by our friends at school or at work. And so today I'd like to go over three steps that you can take to ensure that you don't get pressured into doing something you shouldn't do. Y'all ready? All right, let's do it. Step one, you need to choose the right environment. Like Noah was talking about earlier, you need to set yourself up with the right people because that is critical when it comes to making the right choices. Proverbs 13.20 reads that whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Maybe all of your companions in life right now are fools. And if that is the case, don't look at them. Just look at me. Smile and nod. It's going to be okay. But seriously, for those of you that feel like you don't have many good influences in your life, my first word of advice would be to start surrounding yourself with more positive people. If your companions in life are constantly pressuring you to do things like get super drunk or do drugs or even things that seem little, like saying an excessive amount of profanity, then you need to step back and stop doing things for their approval, and you need to start doing things for the approval of God. And if you need more positive influences in your life, then welcome to South Point. Get plugged in here and join a serve team. Everyone here is one big family, and everyone loves you, and they will all be here for you even through your darkest times. Step two, you need to refuse. Saying no is one of the most effective forms of communication that you can have. And parents, you might relate to this. If someone is always telling you to do wrongful things, being persistent and saying no will eventually get through to them, whether you believe it or not. James chapter 1, verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So stay persistent and refuse, y'all. You may lose some validity with those friends that you have, those negative influences, but in the end, you're also going to gain just as much, if not more, through Jesus Christ himself. And so finally, I want to move into my third step, and that is reflect. You need to think before you speak. You need to think before you act. The choices you make in the moment will follow you for the rest of your life. And oftentimes, especially as teenagers, you don't really consider that because all that is important is what is happening right now. 
I'm telling you guys right now that you need to start thinking about your future when you're faced with peer pressure. Reflect on where you are and where you want to be and ask yourself if what you're doing is really going to help you get there. Furthermore, you need to reflect on others around you. Think about how the choices you make affect the loved ones and the relationship you have with them. Are you destroying your relationship because your priorities are in the wrong place? How are you destroying your relationship with God? Reflecting on all of the positive things you have in your life is very important in helping yourself avoid peer pressure. And so let's go over the, the three steps that I ask you all to take one more time. Step one, you need to choose the right environment. Surround yourself with the right group of people, y'all. It's really important. Step two, you need to refuse, say no, and be persistent. And lastly, step three, reflect. Think about all the good things in your life before you make a bad decision. My name is Madison Gladwell, and I'm a young gun. Man, let's give it up for these young guns one more time, everybody. Come on. Man, it is so awesome to see their energy, their excitement, because here's something that, you, that some people don't understand. They wrote all of this. I didn't write their message. Pastor Craig didn't write their message. Pastor Patty didn't write their message. These are not ones they took. This is their thoughts. The worship set created by them. The, hey, I want to step up. I want to leave in Kids Point. I want to lead in Impressions. I want to lead in Hospitality. I want to step up. That was by these students. I had more students that just sent me like message after message. Can I be up on the stage? Can I be up on the stage? A generation on fire for Jesus. And so here is my challenge for you guys as a thank you to them. If you have wisdom, impart it to them. If you have an opportunity to pour into a young person's life and encourage them to not lose this drive, do it. Don't wait. They don't need us 20 years from now. They need us right now to empower them, to put them in a place that they can thrive and succeed because I know that if they're strong enough to look at this world and say, I don't have it all figured out, but I know I got Jesus, then man, oh man, I can't wait to see what this generation does. So thank you guys again for pouring in this generation. They're not the next generation. They are the generation right now. Can I pray with you guys? Let's pray. God, I love you so much, and I thank you that we get the opportunity to pour into a generation on fire for you. God, a generation that is making waves in the community, in their friend groups, right here at South Point, God, they are changing the way that you look in this community. They're bringing a fresh set of eyes, a fresh set of ideals, and God, it is so awesome. It is breathtaking to see students on fire for you. God, help them continue that fire. Let the words, the worship, the smiles, the, the, the very just fabric and essence of who all these young people were today inspire all of us adults at any stage of our life and all those watching online that it's not too late to jump on this amazing life with Jesus that is right now in front of you. And all you got to do is grab on, hold on, and let him guide us. God, we love you. We thank you for the grace, the love, and the sacrifice of Jesus that gave us a purpose in this life and the life to come. In your name we pray, amen. Guys, thank you again for coming out and hanging out with us on Young Gun Sunday. If you need prayer for anything, there's people down at the cross that would love to pray with and for you as well as a QR code on the screen. If you felt something today and you're like, I really want to know more about this relationship with Jesus, there's an awesome book down front called Fresh Start. I encourage you, grab a copy of it, read it. It will help inspire and restart and even maybe kickstart that relationship with God. Stand with me if you will. We will say the benediction and jet on out of here.
Heavenly Father, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Have a great week.